0: It's time. It's
2: time. Time to get in the zone. Time to get in the zone with the 49ers Web Zone. This is the No Huddle Podcast with Al, Zane, and Brian.
1: This is Odyssey's 49ers Web Zone No Huddle Podcast. I'm Al Sacco, along with Brian Rennick and Zane Knockby. And our guest today is someone I've actually wanted to have on for quite some time. So I'm a big fan of his work that he does covering this team. He is the 49ers beat writer for KNBR. He is Jake Hutchinson. Jake, what's up, man?
3: Not much man. appreciate you guys having me on. Nice little rainy day in the, in the Bay Area. I'm kind of loving it. How are you guys doing?
1: Good, man. We're glad to have you. Like I said, I I think you've done a really great job covering this team. When did you when did you start at KMBR?
3: I think like 3 4 years ago. I started. I was covering the Giants in like 2018 at the back end of that horrible season that they had. Okay. And then I got <laughs> I got a little bit of the Warriors. I think it was their last season at Oracle and then our uh, our our uh, Niners beat writer switched jobs and it came open so it kind of worked out
1: and that was brad Almquist, right yeah brad was, was great like he's uh,
3: i think he's in chicago now he's got got a cute dog lives lives near the lake it's pretty <laughs> he's, he's living a good life
1: that's good for him yeah i, I was at knbr i i may have been the shortest tenured employee in knbr <laughs> history and i was there when uh, brad was there so i don't know if anyone has been shorter tenure than me but I don't know. Anyway, back to this team. So, Jake, the first half of the season with the Niners, it was pretty up and down as we've mm-hmm. come accustomed to with the Shanahan era. What was your overall take on this team through the first eight games?
3: It's like it didn't surprise me a ton. Um, you know, the, the first game, it's it, it's something where, you know, people will be like, you lost to the Bears. It's like, well, you lost to the Bears in a monsoon with, like, a quarterback starting his first game. Like, that ha- that happens, you know, like – Trey Lance played the rest of the season. That's a game you probably just write off. Um, the, the Broncos one was brutal. I was there uh, with Sam, Sam, our video guy who's uh, uh, from Denver, who was, you know, in pain the entire game <laughs> and, then, you know, uh, quietly enthralled, trying not to be a homer at the end. But he was he was stoked. That was a brutal one just from every aspect. But that's like every Broncos game, as we've seen, you know, their defense is outrageous the Niners' offense isn't really clicking. And I think you go back to last season, they were at three and five. And, you know, it's, it's something where this offense, I think because it's so predicated on timing, movement, you know, executing that one key block to turn, you know, a five-yard play into a 25-yard play or a touchdown, you know, I, I think it is something that can take time for it to really click. So them being four and four, you know, halfway through the season, I don't think is a total shock to me. Um, you know, they definitely underperformed in a lot of areas, but at the same time, it's like, you know, you're three and zero in the division. Uh, you know, you've got Christian McCaffrey now, which is just ridiculous. It's like a Madden trade that you would have made. Um, so it, it, my takeaway from the first half of the season was the defense when healthy was pretty much as good as we thought it could be. Uh, the offense was underwhelming, uh, which, you know, e- even though it is based on timing and all those things, you, you kind of expect more. Out of a team with Kyle Shanahan as their coach and, um, you know, with so many weapons. But, you know, maybe some of that is Jimmy just like, you know, not playing at all in the preseason, not even throwing with the team. So at, at the end of the day, four and four in a very weak conference, uh, not the strongest division aside from the Seahawks somehow. Uh, I, I think they're in a pretty good spot.
4: Jake, I'll be perfectly honest with you. I think if you tried to make that trade in Madden, Madden would have rejected that trade. So You can't even trade
3: them than Madden. Madden. You can only trade like three. It's terrible. (laughs) But yeah, I I think it's what I'm really excited for is to see when Debo comes back, um, just like how they use... I want them to go like split back, you know, backfield, like old, like two two or three point stance, or three point stance in the backfield, just old school. you know, wishbone offense with those guys.
1: That would be incredible. <laughs> yeah. And the addition of Christian McCaffrey, it seems like it really injected a lot of life into this team. Did you, have you noticed a different feeling in the building once that happened?
3: I mean, the the day he got in, it was noticeable. It was like the day before, I think it was, I want to say it was a third, it was a Thursday before and Thursdays are usually sort of low energy. And it was just like, I was, I was like, God, this is, you know, there's nothing new about this team. You know, we know who they are. We know Jimmy. It's like, you know, if Jimmy plays well, like they have a chance, but the defense isn't playing that well. So it was kind of like a mopey Thursday day. And then McCaffrey gets there and there's like a buzz in the building. Billboards lit up. There's so much more media. Just in general, the building felt alive. And then you get in the locker room and everybody's kind of like looking around. Like I remember talking to Dre Greenlaw and I was saying the same thing that I just said to you guys about Debo and all the mismatches they can create. And he was just like grinning ear to ear. He's like, I don't I don't know how defenses are going to stop that. Um, and then, you know, guys were just picking his brain. Like Ufanga came over immediately and just sat down with him and was just asking McCaffrey questions for 10, 15 minutes. So, yeah, I-, I think Lynch said it too. Like there was a buzz. It definitely picked up the energy. And I think anytime you make a trade where that says like, hey, we're going for it right now and the team is sort of, you know, in in the middle where it's it's not clear what direction they're going in, I, I think that did definitely provide a you know a major jolt for them.
1: Yeah, and the offense looked better in 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 week eight against the Rams than than it had all season. But overall, it's it underachieved in the in the first half. When you see all that talent, you have Kittle, you have Ayuk, you know now you now you have McCaffrey. Just are, you have Debo. Obviously, were you surprised that they had so much trouble scoring points?
3: Yeah, yeah. For like, I, I, w- I was surprised and not surprised because when you look back, it was one or two little things every game, which, but at the same time, like, it's too talented a team for one or two little things to throw you off. And that's part of that is just Jimmy's your quarterback and you're not going to take a lot of deep shots. So everything's predicated on a screen going, you know, like 40 yards down the field or, or breaking something loose. And so when you're predicated on yards after catch, And, you know, you miss one or two key blocks or you have, you know, holding penalty bring you back five yards and then you don't get the first down to, you know, set up what you were planning later in the drive. It kind of does make sense that they get stuck in mud when they didn't find a rhythm and they weren't getting those things to, you know, get defenses to overcommit one way um, or, you know, just set up plays where, you know, even even like something that like they did last year, a lot of where they would do a pitch back, but it was it would go straight. And it would get defenses moving one way or another. It felt like they couldn't establish those basic things uh, to just get a feel for the defense. Um, and so I think last game you saw them really, they knew the Rams well. They got in a groove. And, and Shanahan said the previous two weeks he'd seen improvement. I, I'd agree with that. Um, the offensive line was, you know, looks a lot better. Uh, so yeah, I, I think it's a team that was predicated on a lot of things going right. And, you know, one thing goes wrong and doesn't work. Uh, But now they have I, I think they have some pretty tangible confidence, you know, going into this next half.
2: So the defense, went, you know, we kind of talked about this in the past uh, on the show where when the defense is healthy, it's elite and, you know, injuries have kind of brought this back down to earth. Plus that Kansas City game kind of changed our outlook a little bit on the defense. What do you kind of expect from this defense in the second half of the season?
3: I think it's, it's tough to say, given that like Armstead, he talked a little bit in the locker room today and he seemed he was like, uh, you know, he expected to be back sooner and it's a weird thing where sometimes you get frustrated watching him because you're like, is he doing anything sometimes? And and I know that can be like an unfair <laughs> criticism, you know, when you get stuck in the middle and, and you don't necessarily have like a big play every time, but when he leaves, you see his impact and it's, you know, Ridgeway and Akeem Spence and some veterans and, and Givens, you know, they do well, but it's not the same. You don't have a star in the middle. You don't have Kinlaw. And so I think if they get Armstead back, you know, it doesn't necessarily need to be this week, next week. I, I think it's looking more like two to four weeks rather than this upcoming week. Um, but if they can get him back for the stretch, like the final four, especially that Seattle game, that Thursday night game that's looking huge, I think that raises the level of this defense uh, tremendously. Kalia Davis, the rookie that they drafted that we haven't talked about, he told me in the locker room today that he th- thinks he might be able to come back pretty soon. Oh, wow. Uh, and he is a little like DJ Jones wiggle to him. I, I don't know if, if they'll activate him or what, um, but I think up front that's the biggest issue they're facing because Aziz is coming back. Uh, they had some tackling issues when he was gone. You know Greenlaw's been nursing some things. So something where I think the rest of the defense is solid, but up front they've had some weaknesses. Um, that said, I, I think it's going to be probably a top 10 defense the rest of the way if they're even – moderately healthy you know I don't know you know do they get back to that top five even elite top two top three defense status that they had early on I think that probably depends on getting Armstead and and Verrett back if Verrett can be even you know two-thirds or half of what he was in 2020 uh because you know Emmanuel Mosley I don't think we you know we knew he was playing well his tackling's incredible for a corner but the void he left I think went Probably underappreciated. So if Rhett can get back and be even half of what he was, that would be huge. And if Armstead can come back even in a a part-time role and ramp up, I think that would be massive.
4: I know real quick, Jake, I know Zane has a follow-up. I just wanted to follow up on that Kalia Davis. I know that when they drafted him, all of the talk was that he was going to go on pup. For, for this year, basically have a red shirt year to recover right. from that knee injury. I know you said you talked to him specifically. Have you talked to anybody else that has said anything about the possibility of him coming back this season or was that more just kind of a one-off between no, you No, it was him? just
3: a one-on-one and it's something where, you know, when it's a long-term injury like that, we don't get updates for a while. So it's something where you never know talking to a player, are they just excited because they, they feel good. Or are they actually in the team's plans to come back imminently? It's it's not clear, but based on like the tape I watched of him in college, he could definitely be a difference maker. I mean, he was like a like DJ Jones, like low he's like a level. physical clone.
4: Yeah. He's yeah. like six one, real, real athletic. Right. right. He's, he's like Jason yeah. Poe, you know? Yeah. Like
3: one of those guys that's got a low center of gravity freak off, you know, athleticism right off the ball. So I think I don't know if he's coming back. Um, but if they activate him and he's anything like he looked in college, I I think that could be substantial too.
2: Yeah. I I wanted to kind of follow up on uh, the thought of this defense kind of returning back to what it was before, I guess, before all the injuries, that Kansas city game. And then they followed it up with the, that you know, the uh, Falcons game. And then the first half of the Rams game, they were shaky at times. They gave up that long drive right at the beginning they're just going to get off the field with multiple penalties in the end zone. Like, are those three instances kind of like aberrations to you? Or is that like, you know, leaks in the dam a little bit and something that we should be concerned about as we go forward?
3: Yeah, I, I think it's something where, you know, it, it's, I think Emmanuel Mosley was such a crucial part of them, not just being able to run like cover six and, and do some clever things with their coverages and just be in sync. Um, but like just just like being reliable and, and like knowing that he's going to have his guy, you, you have two basically shut down corners. Uh, and so when he's out and you put a guy like Diamador Lenore out outside and he's been excelling inside, I, I think there's times where you get mix ups naturally with young players who are playing different positions. Um, and so, yeah, I, I think that's something where if that increases and it's like a major problem of them having those issues, you definitely need to f- find another solution. But if it's a couple times a game with a young player, uh, and then eventually you can work a veteran back in the lineup. And Varett, I, I think it's something where you just you accept that that can happen.
4: Have you seen Varett much in practice? How has he looked, at least on the practice field?
3: He's, I mean, he was running pretty hard. I want to say three, four weeks ago. But I think a lot of like Kyle's philosophy and in, in general, like what he decides to do is predicated on, like, things that have gone very badly for him in the past. So, like, in Brett's instance, they brought him back against uh, Pittsburgh in in 2019, and he just got cooked back-to-back plays on go balls. They tested him out immediately, and he just got burnt, and that was the season. Uh, And they said from the start that they really wanted to avoid something similar. So it's something where physically I I think he's been fine, like, to go Mm – for a a week or two, but they're being extremely cautious because of he is maybe the lengthiest injury history on the team, like a pretty tragic injury history, given his talent. Mm -hmm. Um, But the fact that they keep betting on him and that when he does come back, he's really, really good. Uh, It's something where you don't want to, you don't want to bet too much on him being back to full health, but he has looked good. You know, we, we don't see him. We don't see the extent of practice and, and him in coverage. You know, they kick us off the field by the third or fourth drill, but the way he's moving physically looks really, really good. And uh, I think if he can, I don't know if they'll start him right away. I'd imagine they try and get him some spot snaps, maybe. That's what Kyle was talking about the week before. You know, it could be wrong and they just start him right away. But I think it's something where maybe they ease him back a little bit. Uh, get him some some snaps where Lenore goes to the nickel, he goes outside and doesn't play the entire game. That would make a lot of sense to me, um, especially against a team you know like the Chargers that likes to spread it out a lot. Uh, even though all the receivers are injured <laughs> and, <laughs> and yeah, they are decimated. Uh, but yeah, I, I think he's been moving pretty well from what I've seen. Awesome,
4: that's that's good to hear. So, <clears throat> Jake, or before we get you on out of here, uh, we got we'll switch gears a little bit. Uh, we were talking about the defense uh but we gotta talk a little bit about trey lance so it, it's probably for 49er fans it's almost hard to remember but this season really was going to be about the development of trey lance right and and right. hoping not only that he developed but you know it coincided with still a playoff run with with a squad that was you know built to to contend for a postseason spot um so it's been it's been a minute but what were your essentially what were your thoughts on trey lance his development how he looked in the preseason in the offseason program you know the 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 game against the bears and then that that first quarter do you have optimism for for his development you know where where do you feel like he was at can he pick up where he left off and and what does the future look like at that position for the 49ers
3: it's really hard to know i mean i I was probably more impressed with him last camp than this camp, um, which is to say like, I think they they used him in ways where they thought he was likely to be successful in the short term. and then once defenses respected that, they'd probably start opening it up a little bit more. I think they went a little too far in that direction, and it's something where you know, I think Lamar Jackson had had a couple years there where you know they were using him so much as a runner that he didn't develop as a passer. And I think there was a little bit of a threat of that. Uh, And it's just tough because I feel like this team, regardless of who's at quarterback, is destined for 10 and 7. And I think Lance, you know, he – part of the thing is, like, I almost wanted them to run sort of this – not the same offense they'd run for Jimmy. Uh, You know, obviously run him. But throw in – like, here's the thing. Like, Jimmy isn't a huge playmaker with his feet. And what I was excited to see and what's so frustrating is – you wanted to see Lance, you know, when a play breaks down, go off schedule. Like that was the stuff where even that alone, even if you don't use him as a runner on design run plays, mm-hmm. I think was going to be exciting to see. And I think would have taken this offense to another level, even if he was, you know, replacement level as a thrower, just because it's those big breakaway plays that, you know, break a defense down, make them question themselves and in the, in their assignments. Um, so that's, Part of what's really tough to see. And and I get why they used him. And it was successful when he was a runner downhill and he definitely struggled to get to the edge. Uh he admitted even that like he wasn't, you know, he the NFL's faster. You know, there's so many athletes on defense now where, you know, linebackers are 220 pounds flying at you that it's hard to get the edge unless you're a crazy freak athlete, which he's athletic, but you know, he's he's not as quick as Fields or um or as crafty as Mahomes, you know. So it's something where ex- expectations going forward, I don't know. This was going to be a major, major year for his development. Um, you know, there's, there's reason for pessimism coming off a major injury. Uh, there's also reason for optimism that he's still insanely young, uh, has crazy arm talent, you know, clearly has like a physical ability to make plays happen. Uh, and you'd see it in in camp where he'd you know run off schedule, play would break down, and and he'd find you know he'd find somebody open. So for me, it's just it's just tough. You know, I was so excited to see what he could do, good or bad, because no one really knows. You know, he's one of the biggest question marks in the NFL. And I think anyone that's saying they're fully confident in him coming back and and being incredible or being a franchise quarterback or being fully pessimistic that he's never going to make it. I think it's impossible to say just because coming into the NFL, he's a question mark. We didn't see much of him last year. Didn't see much of him this year. He's still so young, still so raw. It's we still don't know all that much about him, uh, which is kind of frustrating and disappointing part about the season.
1: Jake, before we let you get out of here, I got to ask you about the OBJ thing. Do you think there's anything to that? You think it's just rumors, but do you ever see him in a, in a 49ers uniform?
3: I mean, I know they were interested in, what was it, it was it last year they were interested last year i think they've been interested before that and basically because they were 3 and 5 they they couldn't even really make a pitch to him so i would say like he definitely wanted he was interested in the 49ers from what he said last year but again they just you know weren't in a position where they were enticing to him and obviously he made the right call um so i i wouldn't say it's super likely or super unlikely i think it's something where they're going to look into it for sure. I think other teams are probably more desperate at wide receiver than the Niners are and might make, you know, more compelling financial pitch, but at the same time, they do have a little bit of cap room to work with. And so I think if they're in the ballpark, especially if they win this week, that would put them in a really serious position where it's like, okay, you're contenders. Um, You know, you don't have to play every single snap. We have, Enough guys where you can work back into action, you know, get yourself up to full speed. So I'd say it the way, you know, if I was him, the 49ers would definitely be in the mix. I wouldn't say they're favorites, but you know, for him to come to the 49ers and they make a, a decent financial offer, I don't think it's out of the question at all. Awesome. Good nice. stuff, Jake. Say, take some. Thanks so much for the time, man. We really appreciate it. Hey, no worries. Thanks for having
1: thanks, me. Thanks, Jake. There. Great talking with appreciate you, man. Jake. Thanks, Jake.